In those days, this is from Mark's Gospel, in those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Uh, Friends, today we proclaim that in Jesus God is revealed as a God of love. Not a God who is concerned with meticulously controlling everything and everyone. And love is revealed in Jesus' baptism as standing in solidarity with sinners, identifying with them fully in their mess as the epicenter of new creation. I'm going to need the Holy Spirit to preach this, and you're going to need the Holy Spirit to receive it. Uh, So I pray the Lord be with you. Father, we do want to see new creation even here today. On this day of Epiphany, we want to say, Aha! And lay hold of what you have. Yes, just like that. So God, grace us with your presence. Give us faith to respond. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today we proclaim that in Jesus, God is revealed as a God of love. Not the God necessarily that we'd want, but the God we need. And the God of love stands in solidarity with sinners right in the middle of their mess and becomes the epicenter of new creation. I'm moving a little closer because I feel that far away. Uh, My friend uh, Doug last week, uh, he runs a ministry out west, a wilderness ministry. Uh, He's with uh, young men all the time. And uh, Doug last week uh, was watching a friend's house while they were gone on Christmas break. Uh, Doug stopped by to check things out and it's been cold everywhere, cold all over the country, cold out west where my friend Doug lives. And when he got to his friend's house, he noticed the pipes had frozen in the basement, the pipes had burst in the basement, and there was water everywhere in the basement, all over stuff. So Doug uh, calls some friends, some of these young men, he mentors, has them come over to the house, um, and uh, they're, set, they're, they're set to like clean up this house for his friend who's gone, but Doug has such pain in his feet that he can't move. Doug has all these uh, gentlemen, brothers, pray for him. Uh, he sits on the couch while they clean up, and it's agonizing Doug. He's a servant, and he, he's the one who called them there, and now he's you know, on the couch eating pork rinds and watching Judge Judy while they do all this work. Uh, he, <laughs> that, that was, I'm not sure if that was really happening, but that's how he felt. Uh, he had to go to the ER, spent six hours in the ER. They did all kinds of batteries of tests, tested him for gout and for, you know, Ebola and everything else you can have that would cause massive foot pain. He got two steroid injections in his feet and was sent, he was able to walk home because of the steroid injections Uh, And I talked to Doug the next day, and his question to me was, if God is in control, why did he let this happen? I was seeking to help someone. (laughs) Right? Uh, I I I I was in the Lord's work. And I was incapacitated without answers or, or any remedy other than these, you know, shots which basically just numbed him so that he could walk home. Why did this happen? 
Can anyone relate to that question? God, if you are if you are in charge and in control, why is this happening? It could be as simple as uh, Amazon had flash sales uh, before Christmas. Uh, Amazon's uh, this website; they're doing pretty well, and they had a flash sale on family games. Uh, and I wanted to buy a family game for our family for Christmas. And I got an email about the flash sale, and I went to Amazon, and I found myself, like, really scared that the sale wasn't going to be there, and I'd have to pay $17.99 rather than $13.99. And in that moment, $4, in that moment, praying to the Lord that he would, he would make the sale last long enough so I could save that precious $4. <laughs> And when I put it in my cart, it was $13.99. And when I hit checkout, it, I got the message, sale is no longer available. And uh, just like my friend Doug, why, Lord, are you letting this happen to me? Yeah. Oh. Brian, I appreciate the empathetic squeals. Of course, uh, sometimes it's not a flash sale. Sometimes it's our feet, or sometimes it's a, a child. Lord, please let my child live. Or sometimes it's a, a grown-up child. Lord, please let my child return to the faith. And if a God, if the God is in charge and in control, why doesn't he answer those prayers? Why can't we get the flash sale or the pain from our feet? We say things like God is in control as a way of giving hope and comfort to ourselves and others. Uh, And I want to suggest, friends, that the way God is in charge and in control looks a lot different than the way we'd want him to be. Suggest today we we want a God who is in control like we would be in control. A God who shows up and zaps things and takes charge and overpowers and makes things happen. Right? A God who shows up into our lives like we show up 40 minutes ago into this space and take charge and make things happen so that we can sit here, right, and worship. But in this epiphany, friends, in this, in this, on this day of Jesus' baptism, I, I want to suggest we need a holy shift to see the God Jesus reveals. Because the God that Jesus reveals isn't a God who's primarily concerned with meticulously controlling every event and every situation and every relationship, but a God who's primarily concerned with being present in love in every situation, who stands in solidarity sacrificially with sinners rather than coercing and overpowering us. Do you know what I'm talking about? So we need a holy shift. We're going to be preaching through 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is a, uh, Ben referenced this, it is a diabolical mess. That church is jacked up. And, and uh, we see God at work in the mess. Today, friends, we see in uh, Mark chapter 1, a man from nothing, a man from Nazareth, is revealed as a Messiah to a bunch of nobodies out in the middle of nowhere. A man from nothing revealed as a Messiah to a bunch of nobodies out in the middle of nowhere. This is how God takes charge. This is how God is in control. Verse 
He's revealed as a God of love who stands in solidarity with sinners. He is present today. Identifying fully with their mess and our mess as the epicenter of new creation, will we see Jesus for who he really is today? Let's look at Mark chapter 1. I'm just going to preach three verses, um, mostly because I have uh, so much to say, and that will uh, discipline me not to speak for 70 minutes. Mark 1 tells us that in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Uh, friends, Nazareth was a, was a joke in Jesus' day. It was, uh, it was it's, it's hard to describe um, exactly the common perception of Nazareth, but, but Philip, who becomes a disciple of Jesus, when he hears about Jesus the Messiah in John's gospel, remarks, can anything good come from Nazareth? Which is kind of like the standing joke, right? Like there's always money in the banana stand. Like it's kind of this thing, it's this line that gets, that gets thrown out about Nazareth. See, Nazareth is like up here, and Jerusalem and, and, and Judea, Judah is down here, and in between is Samaria, and Samaria is like a scary, awful place. Like if Israel could have built a wall to keep Samaritans from Jerusalem, they would and so And so Nazareth was on the other side of Samaria, surrounded by Gentiles. It was poor. They were unfaithful. They had intermarried. It was part of the northern, northern Israel. They had intermarried, and so they were, were, at, they were like at best barely Israelites, and at worst, like sympathetic compromisers. So, uh, this may not do all the work I want it to do, but it's a little like, uh, like Israel, like people in Jerusalem thought of Nazareth, like, like a lot of Americans think of Puerto Rico. They're kind of a part of us. Like if we want to do an all-inclusive, really cheap, that yeah, yeah, they they're Americans. But if there's a tragedy, well, they're not really, <laughs> they're not really a part of us. You know, like it's like, we, convi- like we don't want their, t- we don't want their financial economic burdens, yeah. so they can't really be a part of us. But we'll let them, we'll let we'll let their Olympians uh, play on our team. So Galilee was the Puerto Rico of Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is from nowhere, and not just nowhere, but like a dangerous sort of suspicious nowhere that everyone, everyone concluded no good can come from there. But this is how God is revealed. A God from nowhere who stands in sacrificial solidarity with us right in our mess, right there. Jesus is from Nazareth. Mark doesn't give any, like this is the fanfare for the Messiah. He just says he's from the nowhere place. There's no genealogy. There's no pomp and circumstance. It's just from Nazareth. He goes on. He was baptized by John in the Jordan. John the Baptist is uh, talked about in these first few verses here as, as being basically like he's fomenting rebellion <laughs> in a religious way. He's dressing up like Elijah and Elisha. He's proclaiming repentance in the wilderness. Like John's doing something here that would have triggered people. And in other gospels, we see like the religious leaders, right? They, they get their, uh, their dander up and they go down there to check things out. And John's like, why are you guys here? Right? So John the Baptist is fomenting rebellion against the leaders of Israel. He's baptizing people in the wilderness for the forgiveness of sins 
there was already a temple in Jerusalem that had mechanisms and structures to deal with sin. This was a direct, this was a direct challenge to the powers that be. John's ministry was a direct prophetic challenge to the systems and structures of the religious and political world. And John says that he is subordinate to Jesus. I'm not, I'm not worthy to be his servant, is what he says, to untie the strap of his sandal. And yet, Jesus comes and submits to John. Right? Will you baptize me? This is the kind of king and Messiah that Jesus is. This is how, friends, this is how Jesus is in charge. Any understanding of how God's authority is embodied has to, has to, the epicenter has to be in Christ. He submits himself to those unworthy of him. Jesus submits himself to those unworthy of him. He identifies with those that no one wants to be associated with. This is what God is like. Today, friends, we proclaim that in Jesus, God is revealed as a God of love, someone who stands in sacrificial solidarity with those unworthy of him and those no one else wants to be associated with. This might not be the God we want, but this is the God we need. How do you see Jesus today? Will you have an epiphany today? Verse 10. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart. I like the word rent. Rent. I don't even, you know, that's great. We never say rent anymore. And, and the spirit descending like a dove on him. Friends, this is, um, so one of the reasons we follow the lectionary is that there's a, like there's a, a way of tying the Old and New Testament together as a coherent whole. And today we heard from Genesis 1 about the creation, right? The world was formless and void, right? And the spirit of the Lord hovered over the deep, right? We get all of that here in Jesus's baptism. We get water, we get spirit, we get uh, uh, the heavens rent, and we get the voice of God, just like the voice of God in creation, right? So God spoke creation into existence, and here the word of God is becoming the place of new creation, this is new creation, friends. This is, this is the dawn of something new in Jesus' baptism. Notice the text says, and just as Jesus came up, that's when the Spirit fell. Now, there's so much to talk about. This, the Spirit and a dove and water, it's all symbolism of creation happening. So Jesus stands in solidarity with sinners, right? So he's doing this baptism for the forgiveness of sins, it's not because, like, he had, he had just cheated on his taxes and he needed forgiveness. But, be, but this, is where, this is where new creation was starting. Right in the muddy waters of the Jordan River with all the people who felt disenfranchised and cut off from the powers that be in Jerusalem. Right here, between the promised land and the wilderness... Between order and chaos, goes, Jesus goes under the water, symbolizing death, 
And just as he comes out, heaven's opening, voice speaking, spirit coming, new creation in him, on him. Friends, Jesus, Jesus reveals a God who's not seeking to control and coerce and overpower and zap people. There, there are plenty of gods like that. Zeus, Deacon's reading a book about him right now, right? Uh, what is it? Percy Jackson and the, um, what's it called? And the lightning. And the lightning thief. That book's all about a god who zaps people. I know. All the time. Yes, if you're interested, after church, Deacon can tell you all about Percy Jackson and the lightning thief. I'm sure Raina and Ella can fill in some blanks as well. Wants to preach. I know, let him. <laughs> let him preach. He comes by it honestly. <laughs> but Jesus isn't like Zeus, friends. Can I get an amen? amen? He didn't come down to the Jordan and start controlling people. He came down to the Jordan. He submitted himself. He identifies with others so that he can become the place of new creation, so that we can all identify with him, and so his love can empower and lift us up. That's the God we may not want when Amazon sales are running out or when our feet are hurting, but it's the God we desperately need. We desperately need. And then finally, friends, this voice, this voice comes from heaven and says, you are my son, the beloved, the one I love dearly. With you I am well pleased. Jesus is revealed to be God's son, which isn't just like this. Um, it's, not like, it's not like God has a spouse and they had Jesus somehow, right? So son is a metaphor. And the metaphor is not a new metaphor for Israel because Israel's been called God's son all throughout its existence. And here, at the dawn of new creation, God is saying, you are the one who is who, in whom all my commitments and promises and covenants are met. You are the location of my activity. And I love you, and I'm pleased with you. The man from nothing is revealed as Messiah to a bunch of nobodies in the middle of nowhere. This is how God is in charge. This is how he takes charge. He stands in solidarity, sacrificially, in the midst of the mess of the muddy Jordan River with a bunch of nobodies in the middle of nowhere and includes them in himself. Invites all people to be with him. And this is not something that's just like this nice spiritual truth and now we're going to sing Kumbaya. This actually sets off this new creation and what's happening in baptism, it sets off a cosmic battle. It is a... It is a uh, just as John's ministry is uh, a critique against Jerusalem, Jesus now becomes the location of new creation where power and authority and, and, and strength and might is shifted. So it goes from a right-handed overpower, conquer, whatever, to a solidarity, submitted, cruciform power. This challenges the power of the world. We see this because immediately, immediately, Jesus, what? Walks into Jerusalem? Drop some uh, memory verses on people? No, he goes in the wilderness. He's confronted by Satan. It's on. It's on. This is the cosmic battle. New creation signals your time is short. 
the world system of how power and things get done is short. You're being confronted in Jesus. God is refounding the world in Jesus. Friends, today we proclaim that God is revealed in Jesus as a God of love. Not, not as a God that we would probably want in much of our life, as a God that we can sort of rub the prayer lamp and get him to do what we want. Not a God primarily concerned with controlling everything, but a God who's primarily concerned with identifying with us, including us in himself, so that we can become one with him in love. So how do we respond to this? Well, uh, two questions I want to ask us. Because uh, the, love, the love that we have in Jesus that's revealed in this baptism, uh, we, we participate with Jesus in his mission in the world. So Jesus' mission, the way he embodied love and solidarity with others, that's not just something we get to mentally agree with and then punch our ticket and we can live, you know, as good Canadians or, or uh, Americans. Nothing wrong with being a good Canadian or American. But we actually get to follow Jesus in this solidarity. We actually get to, that's what it means to follow him. We actually get to walk with him in his love. In a way of uncontrolling solidarity and presence. So friends, a couple questions. Who do I not want to identify with today? Who do I want to be different from? Who do I want to define myself apart from? Here's the trick with that. Whoever that is, hold it in your head. Who is it? Our world has never been, had more acrimony and antagonisms. It feels to me. They're public. They're political. It's, po- it's popular culture is filled with it. Because whoever that person is, Jesus is standing in solidarity with them and inviting them to be a part of his family. We can't be separate from them and be included in Jesus. That challenges the junk out of me. And where in my life am I seeking to control others rather than love them? Who do I not want to be in solidarity with? And where am I seeking to control others rather than love them? Because right there, friends, right there, where we stand in Jerusalem and we look way out in the wilderness and see those people out there doing either from Nazareth or from or wearing weird clothes. Right there, that's where Jesus is. Can anything good come from there? Yes, and that's where God is. That's what Jesus' baptism reveals today. Can you believe 
that they think that, that they do that. Yep, and that's where Jesus is. And Jesus isn't there trying to control or correct them. Jesus is there in their mess, identifying with them, and asking them to trust him, friends, as we trust him. Uh, I'm most uh, I'm most sort of dialed into this uh, I'm most dialed into this in my uh, role as a parent uh, I, 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 it's fine if uh, my kids know that I, that I love them as long as they do what I say <laughs> I would I would much rather that I would much rather they not have agency in a will and they just do what I want them to um, when push comes to shove, I'm much more committed to my time schedule than I am to their flourishing and, and them knowing I love them. That's not something I would tell you, I believe, but that's what my behavior demonstrates. And, and one of the ways that uh, this morning that I need to identify with Jesus in his baptism, standing in the mess, is, is to lay down my desire to control my kids and love them. Um, I confess that I'm like, I'm like, you guys probably know this about me. I'm like over, I'm over politics, like American politics. I'm done with it. Can anything good come from American politics? Like that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. I really am. And it's not a red or blue thing for me. It's just a, it's all bankrupt. And it's easy for me. It's easy for me to have contempt on, I mean, just name a leader and I'll have contempt on them. That's not hard for me. What's hard for me, what's hard for me is to notice that Jesus is standing in their mess with them and including and standing in solidarity with them and inviting me into that mess too, to identify with them. Those are two places for me. Where is it for you, friends? Because today, Jesus is revealed. He reveals a God of love, not a God who wants to control everything and make things just the way he wants, but he's a God who sacrificially submits to those unworthy of him and stands in solidarity right in their mess. Not so he can go, yeah, you know what, everybody's screwed up, it's okay. No, because that's how we're redeemed. That's where new creation begins. Right in the muddy waters of the Jordan. Right when we're able to go, yes, Father, Heaven's open. Spirit is revealed. The voice speaks and we're caught up in this cosmic new creation against the powers of darkness. So let's all go down to the Jordan. Let's pray this prayer together. Uh, confessing who God is. Jesus, I thank you that you would rather love me than control me. Teach me to stand with others like you do in blank, whatever it is. Where do you need to lay down? Uh, where, where, where's your Nazareth? Where is your... Uh, who are you trying to control? And then we'll, we'll, we'll say, Lord, in your mercy, and we'll all agree with hear our prayer. Um, let's spend some time uh, praying this together.